Welcome to the Faith Over Everything podcast that covers literally everything, whether it's pop culture, religion, politics, relationships, fashion and beauty, entertainment, or Black culture, host Faith Wimberly is talking about it. Tune in every other Wednesday for a new episode available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you name it. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I have a very special guest for my listeners. This beautiful woman um, goes by the name of Stephanie Lyons. I am going to allow her to introduce herself a little bit more. Just a little background information. I met Stephanie at the Tennessee State University campus many, many moons ago. And it was just an instant bond, an instant connection. And we have literally been glued together ever since. And so I want to welcome Stephanie to the show. Welcome, Thank Steph. you so much for having me. Thank you, of thank course. you, thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. Thank Yay. you. Yay. No, I had to have you on because, um, you know, we've been blessed to be around a circle of friends who are very driven and motivated. And I know, you know, you and I, we talk about things that we want to accomplish and businesses yep. and all this stuff. And you had this baby in your belly for a couple of years now, um, Masterpiece mm-hmm. Financial Coaching Services. And so I want to yeah. give you an opportunity to really talk about yourself, talk about your business and how you are literally impacting and changing lives. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit more about where you're from and what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, I am a professional woman. I love God. I love my family and my friends. Um, I am from Chicago, although, you know, I live in the South suburbs. I've been here all these years. We have that running joke. Um, I My background is in financial services and this, well, 2020, I did um get my certification to become a certified financial education instructor. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm married. I have two girls and I have a bonus daughter. So uh, that's about, that's it about me. Okay. Awesome. And so Stephanie, I mean, even what did you major in at TSU? I know it was business, but what was your um, area of focus under business? Yeah, my concentration was marketing. Okay, it was marketing. But you were working in the banking industry and in the finance industry from Mm -hmm. back in undergrad because you interned there, right? I did. I did. So when I was at TSU, I was in a um, college internship program through Mm En-ROADS. And so my college internships, junior year and senior year were with an investment bank because then I was always a numbers person at the time. Tennessee State didn't have a finance um, concentration, so I did marketing. Mm-hmm. But we had—I took a majority of finance-related classes as well. So, okay, that's yeah. odd because I remember us taking finance courses, but they didn't have a finance concentration. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but I know you've been. In they this- did it. I know they do now, but then they okay. didn't. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know you've been in this space for a really long time. When did you realize or start becoming passionate? about finance and personal finance? 
So that's a good question. Uh, my career has primarily been in financial services, with the exception of two years that I spent working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Mm -hmm. um, but I learned so much at that job, and I believe my experience in management there helped to propel my career, and it really contributed to my development. So I, like I said, I was always a numbers person, but when I really worked in banking, um, I worked for a couple of larger banks, Bank One and Bank of America. I spent some time in student lending roles, and I spent some time in commercial banking and business banking. And it was during those years that I not only learned how to successfully manage my money, including budgeting and savings and you know planning for retirement, but I also learned how wealthy people manage their money. Mm -hmm. And that's what really piqued my interest as I really started to see how wealthy people manage their money. Um, I really got passionate about helping other people about finances because I realized during that time that while there were wealthy people and they were managing their money well, there were a whole lot of other people who needed the basic financial guidance on day-to-day -day financial decisions. Like, mm. should I pay off my debt or save my money? Should I pay down my student loans or pay down my credit card? Should I, uh, how do I spend my tax refund or how do I get on track with my finances? And that's when I really started to get passionate about helping other people really with the day-to-day. Mm, yeah, that's, and that's that's kind of what drove me over the last couple of years. That's awesome. And I know, you know, I, I think we get bombarded with a lot of coaches, right, with a lot of um, experts, if you will. But tell us a little bit about your personal journey to, I guess, financial liberation, if you will. Um, were you always super responsible with your money <laughs> and your finances or budgeting? Did you have to learn the hard way? What was your journey with that? Oh, good question. So I was always kind of frugal, to be honest, but that was based on need mm -hmm. because I knew I had to survive. Um, and it originated from my childhood. Right. So my mm -hmm. parents divorced when I was about nine years old. And I realized then, like I watched my mother rebuild and I learned that you have to be prepared. And that was just mm -hmm. something that I watched and I observed when I lived through that, even as a child. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, I was raised in a middle-class family. We were raised as Christians. My family, I had grandmothers who were entrepreneurs and both of them, even while young, taught us, you have to take care of yourself. You have to keep some money to the side in case of an emergency. You have to keep your credit good. So those were just little things that were instilled in us. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't always responsible with my money. I don't want to say that because I think I just, you know, I was like everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but I just knew I had to survive, especially mm -hmm. when we were in college, because I didn't come from a rich family. So right. if I wanted to buy something or go on a trip or anything, um, I had to have a job to do that. But I also had a mentor when I was in um, throughout my life, Floyd Brady. And he invested and shared with us as well, like the importance of taking care of yourself and managing your finances. And I didn't realize it then, right? Like when you're young, you're not really paying attention to it. But when I got to college as a broke college student, <laughs> I worked multiple jobs just because I knew I had to make it, right? right. Um, but my money management was based on survival. 
And I made the typical mistakes. I got credit cards because mm -hmm. you remember they used to be yes. on campus. So yes. yes, I'll fill out your applications for mm -hmm. this Discover card because I want that calling card or that right. free pizza or that Walmart <laughs> gift card. I'm so glad they have laws now where they can't come <laughs> on campus. This because yeah. so many of us, I know I graduated with credit card debt. I did too. Because of that, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll get that credit card and that one too. So, yep. and of course, student loans. So I grew into the person that I am today um, through my work and personal experience and also living through that graduating and having to pay off credit cards and mm -hmm. go through all of that. And now I realize that money is abundant. So I had to yes. change my mindset from that frugality of, oh, you have to survive to it's okay. You know, I don't have that survival mentality anymore because I'm older. Um, and I'm grateful again, that I was exposed to the financial literacy early on. I still had to learn, but um, I had access to those resources that helped me uh, early in my career. So That's my awesome. passion now is simply to help other people who look like me, right. Mm -hmm. To, mm -hmm. to be more confident with their money. Yeah, because it's like you said, a lot of us aren't exposed to or taught about financial about literacy and um, having that having discipline. It. So it's so needed. And, and that's yeah. why I really wanted you to be on the show, because as many people that can have access to information um, yeah. that can help them and impact their lives, like that's what we're all about. So I think that's it's pretty cute. dope. What advice would you give people who don't know how to save or budget their money? Good question. So I, again, I talked about mindset or your mentality and it really starts there. Whatever you think is possible is possible. And whatever you think is impossible is impossible. So advice, the advice that I would share to anyone that doesn't know how to save or budget their money is to start simple. When you get paid, pay yourself first. Give and tithe if you know if you're a Christian, and then literally make a list of your income and your expenses and plan how you will spend your money. Set some goals first, right? So, if you want to save an emergency fund, uh, pay off debt, identify what your financial goals are, and that way you will actually have a plan as you're budgeting your money. Um, have you ever, you know, many people have had $20 in one minute, you start spending and then the next moment is gone. Mm -hmm. And you wonder like, what happened to my money? It can happen to a person that has $20. It can happen to a person that has $2,000. It's not about how much money you have, it's how much money you keep. And that's mm -hmm. why I say first pay yourself first. That means save some money, put something to the side for a rainy day and then literally start with a budget. And that's writing out your ex income, subtracting your expenses, and then tracking your expenses. Okay, writing out your in income, mm -hmm. tracking your expenses. Yep. Well, start with your income, mm -hmm. subtract your expenses. Subtract. So any of the, subtract mm -hmm. your expenses. Mm -hmm. So that's your rent, your utilities, your mortgage. And then what happens is people write, they stop there. They'll write out all of their bills and then that's the budget. 
done. <laughs> but that's only half of the budget. You actually have to still include your variable spending. So your groceries, your gas, your trips to the beauty salon or to the store, your gifts. You need to make sure you have all of that allocated and make a plan for every dollar of how you're going to spend your money and then track it. So if you plan to spend $200 per pay period on groceries, make sure that you're sticking to that 200 and you don't end up spending 400. And the mm -hmm. only way you can do that is by tracking your spending. I like the fact that you teach. Um, I happen to be um, taking part of Stephanie's budgeting class. Whoop, I'm whoop. super excited about it. And I like that you teach that every dollar has a place, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. every dollar has a location. So I think that's dope. Um, break down emergency fund because maybe that's that could be a new concept for anyone listening. So what is an emergency fund? Oh, that's a great question. And let me say, if 2020 has taught us anything, it has taught us that we need to be prepared, yes, right? Because yes. something can happen and just upset our lives. An emergency fund, by definition, is saving three to six months of your expenses in a separate savings account that you can access in, in the event of an emergency. And an emergency is literally that, a medical emergency an appliance breaks down, you need a, to repair your car, anything that really you need cash for, you need to have it in an account to the side. And it's recommended again, three to six months of your expenses in an account. Um, and that's really an emergency fund. If you are on a debt payment journey and you're trying to pay off debt, it's recommended that you start with $1,000. You may not be able to do your full three to six months expenses in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I recommend start with $1,000, put that to the side as your security blanket. Um, right now, we probably need more, but at least start there and then start paying off debt. Once you pay that off, get your three to six months to the side. It's a great way to make sure that if an emergency happens that you don't have to pull out a credit card or go borrow money to cover or pay for the emergency. Great. Awesome. So I know we mentioned a little bit about college and how, you know, they used to offer us credit cards. Just a quick sidebar. You mentioned Discover. Who knew that Discover would be like such a highly coveted credit card today? I know. Because they were just handing them knew? out years ago, right? Oh, I know we had them. I was like, swipe, swipe, swipe. I had one, yes. But it's just crazy. Oh That's just God. pretty crazy to me to think. I'm like, yeah. wow, like 20 years ago, it was like they were handing them out. They were just handing them out like hotcakes. Come on over here, fill yep. out this application, get your free credit card. And we were like, okay. Right, okay, and free what? With credit card debt. Free credit card? And you're going to give me a present? Absolutely. 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 Sign yeah. me up. Yeah, exactly. I am so glad. <laughs> but what would over. you, me too, how would you advise college students today, 2021? What's, things are obviously so different because they aren't even on campus for real. But yeah. when the world goes back to whatever normal that will be, how will you, how would you advise college students to manage their finances, even right now in this infantry infantry um, or entry-level phase of finances for them as they're kind of discovering life and being and having more independence, how would you advise them to manage the little funds that they may get? For college students especially, I'd say start now with living on a budget. 
um, the sooner you develop the personal finance behaviors, the better. Many millionaires say that the way that they are able to gain and maintain their wealth is because they live on a budget and they track every dollar. They know where their money's going. So for college students, I'd advise them to start saving now. Um, and if you have income, start investing a little of it. Get into the habit of investing. I wish someone would have given me that advice when I was younger, but live on a budget now. You know, when you're a college student, you just want to spend because you don't have any bills. Maybe you have some, an apartment or whatever, but begin to budget your money now. Get in the habit of learning to live below your means. So when you do get a job, you don't necessarily have to go out and buy a new car and get a new apartment and all of those things. Try to live beneath your means and make sure that you are constantly saving and invest. If you have an extra five or $10, invest that because at the age of 22, if you start investing money in 20 years, you will have a significant amount of wealth mm -hmm. just by putting a little to the side. So that's what I would say. And also only take out student loans if you really need the money and only take it out for the amount that you need. Right. I know. I know a hey. refund check sounds nice. <laughs> yes. It sounds wonderful, but it will not be fun when you have to pay that pay money back, back that's with facts. that interest. So mm -hmm. that's the advice I would give to college students. That's so true. It's so, so true. And I, yeah. literally you're speaking so my whole life. My whole college life. <laughs> <laughs> Mine as well. Remember, I didn't. I did not know about refund checks until sophomore year when everyone was getting one, and I was like, wait. "Wait, how do I get it? <laughs> what? I want one." And I think back, like, "No, you didn't want that. You you wanted it, yep. but you didn't need it." But right. you so know, true. we live and we learn. We do, <laughs> we do. And you know what? I, I'll say. I'll just add several things. Number one, it's easier for them to invest because we have apps. So you can just have an app on yeah. your phone and you can tap into options to invest. So that's a plus. Number two, though, I think yeah. I think is just if we teach our kids now to the obviously the importance of investing and saving and managing um, and not yeah. being so caught up in instant gratification. And I just think that's all that was for us right. in college, just wanting that instant that's gratification. Not only that, but we needed you know, sometimes we needed certain things. So that's out of desperation. That's right. probably why we got the credit cards, you know? Oh, absolutely. So, so but, but just <laughs> even if you get one, learning how to manage it responsibly, you know, not that's going it. too crazy, paying your little month, you know, doing what you have to do, doing the due diligence yeah. behind it. Yeah. That's it. And even if you have small children, you just made a great point. Um, even if you, when you're raising your children, just teaching them how to budget and manage their money. There is a concept called spend, save, give, which I recommend for anyone that has children is not complicated and it can be taught through your example, right? But if your child even has a job or if you give them money, teaching them how to make decisions about what, how they spend their money, right? Mm -hmm. Asking them. I do an exercise with my daughter. She wanted some, me to buy something one day. And I was like, well, you have money. Do you want to buy it with your money? And she was, she thought about it and was like, no, I don't want it. 
And so that's that's how you teach the decisions, right? Yes. Do you want to spend your money on this? This is all this will take all of your money. Is this how you want to spend it? And mm-hmm. teaching them then to make that decision between yeah. a want versus a need. Do I spend it? Do I save it? Um, there's a book I recommend also for college students or anyone that's kind of thinking about sending their kids to college. It's called The Debt-Free Degree. Mm. And it's by Anthony O'Neill. And it includes practical steps to help someone uh, plan for going to college with no debt. So the sooner you start planning, the better, of course. But that's not always the case. So for anyone that's interested or planning or trying to teach their children, check that resource out as well. That's awesome. How would you, you know, go about advising families who are literally living check to check, right? They are surviving. Yet, and still, it's so important for them to have that emergency fund and for them to um, have good money management. How would you advise them to even get started? Yeah. So the pandemic has been hard for many families, but some families were struggling to be before the pandemic. And it's unfortunate, but it's a reality for some. Um, For families who struggle to really stay afloat and are living paycheck to paycheck, I recommend a couple of things. The first thing is create a bare bones budget. And Dave Ramsey calls it beans and rice. Uh, Other financial experts call it the noodle budget, but it's essentially removing all unnecessary spending and focusing on your essentials. So that's your food, your shelter, your utilities and transportation. So for anyone that's struggling between paychecks or living paycheck to paycheck, start there. Mm. Scale back on anything that isn't essential to your survival. You might have to cut your cable for a while. You may have to scale back on some of those amenities that you enjoy until you can get on track. Um, Try to reduce your housing costs if you can. I know that's easier said than done, but can you downsize or move? Um, If you can't, again, try to reduce your utilities costs. Cut cut off things that you aren't using or try to make better use of them. Um, make it a priority to pay off your debt. Mm -hmm. It will help in the long run. So it may feel like you don't have any extra money. But again, with step one, when you do your bare bones budget and scale back, you may realize that you were spending a few, you know, some money here or there. Try to send extra money towards that. The sooner you free it off, the, the sooner you pay off debt, the sooner you'll free up your money, even if you have to try to look at consolidating debt or things like that. Um, for families, food is often the largest ver- expense in, mm-hmm. in a budget. And that's regardless. If you have you know, one child, two child, th- two children, mm-hmm. three children, food. So review your food budget and look at ways to reduce this. So the average household spends $3,000 on food, not a not in their home. So that's fast food, mm-hmm. that's ordering Uber Eats or things like that. So you may not be spending that much, right? If you're a family that's living paycheck to paycheck, but you may be spending something. So I recommend starting with the food budget, reduce and focus on cooking at home. So set a grocery budget, mm-hmm. plan out your meals, for that paycheck and tell your family for the next two weeks, we're eating everything that we have here at the house. Clean out your pantry. Many of us have 
food in our pantry that just sits there. Mm -hmm. Create your menu around food that you have and reduce. If you can reduce that grocery bill or that food budget, that will free up some cash for you. Um, and finally, a couple more tips. Find some free entertainment because, again, you're going to go on your bare bones budget. So find free things. The library has free resources, right? Mm -hmm. Anything that you can do for free, do and use cash. I recommend using the cash envelope method. So once you do your budget and pay your bills, allocate your money, gas, groceries, anything else in an envelope. And then once it's gone, it is gone. And that's a way to help you kind of manage and get back on track. That's awesome. That is great information. And Thank I want to add coupons too. coupons, yes. coupons, coupons. And I remember, so I just recently recorded a podcast with my mom. It's going to air in February. And she mentioned how, you know, when, when her and my dad, they were struggling and, you know, hard times or whatever, we used to eat the same thing, spaghetti, whatever food, Whatever meal could stretch to feed yes. all of us, like that's what they did. And sometimes I think when it comes down to being radical about saving and changing your life for the better, sometimes you have to do radical things. You, you have, have to go to do through it. those extra measures. So if that means eating beans and rice, you know, if that means getting that spaghetti, making shit, right, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, because and you know what, your children will last. know. Yep. They last. And I remember when I got older, maybe about a few years ago, my mother was telling us that whilst they were, while my parents were divorcing, she didn't have a lot of money, right? They were splitting things. Mm -hmm. We would go to a restaurant called Wags. I think that was the name of it for dinner. And so as children, my sister and I were super excited. Oh my goodness, we get to go out to eat. But what it was is my mother said at the time, this restaurant had if you buy one, if an adult buys a meal, the kids mm -hmm. eat free. So my mother said she would get the cheapest thing on the menu, a bowl mm -hmm. of chili or something, and the children could eat free. Yeah. So we didn't know, again, just being radical, mm -hmm. we had no idea that she yeah. didn't have any money. We were excited that we were going out to eat. Right. My mother was, again, on her bare bones budget. Like, I only have $3. I'm going to buy mm -hmm. this bowl of chili. I'm going to make sure my kids eat. So, yep. again, to that point, do what you have to do. Yep. Right? And another thing is look for ways to earn income. Can you sell things? Mm -hmm. Can you start a side hustle? Can yep. you work DoorDash or Uber? Or, you know, think creatively, if you can, on ways that you can bring in extra income mm -hmm. that can help as well. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's great. Tell us a little bit more about your new venture, uh, Masterpiece Financial Coaching. Okay. Thank you. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I started this. So I actually just started Masterpiece during the pandemic, right? Um, and again, you mentioned earlier that I had been talking about it for a while. And it's, it's important to have people in your corner who support you. You're one of those people because I was like, all right, I think it's time to do it. The pandemic really showed me that it's, it's no time to waste. Yeah. The goals that you have, you need to do. And when God gives you a passion, that's what you need to pursue. Absolutely. So my goal through Masterpiece Financial Coaching is really to empower people to build financial confidence, um, especially women who look like me. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Masterpiece Financial Coaching is based on the scripture, Ephesians 2.10, that says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Mm -hmm. And so the idea here is so many people that I talk to have guilt and shame attached to money. And it's difficult because guilt and shame, that blocks our progress. We can't go anywhere. It's a prohibitor. So I essentially start with just saying anything, any financial mistake is fixable. Let's go ahead and work on things so that whatever your financial goals are or your progress is or whatever you have that you're passionate about, you'll be able to pursue that once you release that financial stress. Mm, that's amazing. That's what it's about. Love it. And then you, what are the services that you currently provide? I design my co coaching program around my clients' goals and I follow a simple process because financial topics can be complex and overwhelming. So I do strive to keep things simple. We are busy. We, um, you know, in helping people to develop routines that do not take a lot of time to do, but still help them to um, achieve their goals. So I focus on budgeting, helping to save an emergency fund, paying off debt and improving credit. And that's it. Uh, I offer a couple of services. I offer a free 20 minute coaching call where we can really sit and talk about your financial goals and decide if financial coaching is right for you. Um, and I also group coach. I offer group coaching. Like you mentioned, you're part of the boot camp. Yay. Um, yay. It's been great. I'm currently hosting a four week budgeting boot camp. Perfect for the beginning of the year when everyone has financial goals that they are looking to achieve. Um, so if anyone is interested in other workshops, they can absolutely reach out to me. Um, I'm planning a spending challenge in February. So a lot of people have asked me about how to save an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. So we're going to work on a challenge for the next couple of months to do that. And um, I'm also going to host a budgeting workshop. So for anyone that's really interested in knowing how to do their budget step by step, we're going to do that. That is awesome. And I, and I want to just, you know, give a testimony. I, I know a lot about financial literacy, but I don't know everything. And I have been learning so much since I started Yay. this coaching class. It has been so amazing. The energy is amazing. The women involved are amazing. Stephanie does an amazing job really breaking everything down, providing a lot of useful content and information that you can immediately implement into your life, into your lifestyle, whatever that may be. So I have been enjoying every moment of it. So if you are Thank interested, you. you are welcome. If you are interested, please sign up or share the information with a friend, with a family member, because it is really life-changing information. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's really what I'm trying to do. I do share um, financial content on my social media pages. So um, Masterpiece Financial Coaching on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have a couple of free resources on my Instagram page. So if anyone wants a um, like a budget template or 
ask questions, they can go to my page and download a couple of free worksheets that I have on there. But I'm so happy to hear you say that because my goal is, again, just financial jargon can be really, really complex. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I listen to things, I'm like, that is so complicated and it can be simple. And I like things to just be quick. Like, let's just figure out how we can do boom, 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 boom. And um, that's what I'm trying to do for others. Yeah. And I think it could be um, intimidating too, but this is not like, it's such a safe space for everybody. So I think it's great. Um, Stephanie. And I'm excited. You should be because you are doing an amazing job. So I love it. And it's affordable. I think it's affordable. It's affordable. That's the goal. Yes. It's affordable. And I look at, I look at it as you're investing in yourself. So yeah. If I can, you know, afford a bag over here or an expensive bottle of perfume, whatever it is, your vice is, you can invest, you can invest in yourself. Hello. In your own development and achieving those goals. Come on, because exactly. we need to have things ready. Yes. That's the goal. Yes. And yes. And we yes, need yes. to be the le- the examples for our children, for the people, for the kids in our lives. So get this That's information, it. get it. I wanted to say this. (laughs) I also wanted to say this, Stephanie, you know, we are, I think, living in an age where we're seeing so much entrepreneurship, so much, you know, such a push for kind of doing your own thing, which I think is an amazing thing. Like you and like myself, we've been juggling, right? We juggle corporate America. We juggle um, our passions here on the side, et cetera. You're such inspiration to so many women because you are a wife, you are a mom of two, you are super busy, you are heavily involved in your family, you're a cheerleading coach, Um, you're in a sorority, Um, you're active all over the place, and yet now you are juggling this business and this coaching service. How do you do it all? Oh, that's a great question. And when you just listed all that, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I do have to prioritize and scale back. So thank goodness that during the pandemic for this year, I was really able to focus on building and and setting up the coaching practice. So I have had to scale back. Also, we're not doing cheer season right now. So that has been great because I could fill in that space. And also, I tried to I have to prioritize things. So I have automated a lot of things that and that helps me tremendously to make sure that I'm able to provide a good service because I'm a professional and, you know, with like you, we want to make sure that we do things the right way and we're delivering things the right way. But the biggest thing is um, prioritize because I don't believe that we have to work, 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 work so hard that we work ourselves into the ground. Um, And just making sure that you make time for the things that are important. Of course, my family's first, my full-time career, and now uh, my coaching practice. And I'm always working with my sorority, but um, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do the things I do. Yeah, that's awesome. But definitely prioritizing and then scaling back where, where possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you show women that it's possible. And I think a lot of times women just need to see other women stepping out on faith and just doing it. And that's at the end of the day, I feel like 
that's all we have to do. You know, just just get out there. Just step out on faith. Just start the journey and things will begin to unfold. And so, yeah, I, I just think you're a great example of someone that had a dream, wrote the vision, made it plain, start working those steps, right? And now it is here and you're growing and you're doing an amazing job. So I think that's great. Thank you. And likewise, right? I remember a couple of years ago when you and I went to a conference and we were sharing our goals with one another and things that we wanted to do and we are doing them, right? We we had visions and we had desires of things that we want to do. So what I will also say is for anyone listening, make sure you have people in in your make sure you have relationships with people mm-hmm. who have goals and visions and who also support your goals and your visions because it is so true that iron sharpens iron and you yes. want to have people who will challenge you mm-hmm. and also support you um, as you go along through your journey. Absolutely. And yeah. so you're a Chicago girl. You know, we used to I used to give you a hard time, you know, the whole suburb thing. But you're a Chicago girl. So tell our listeners what some of your favorite Chicago foods and some of, you know, your favorite things about Chicago. Uh, yes, yes, yes. You guys get on me because I live in the suburbs. But listen, at this point, we are all here. OK, <laughs> So I still love Harold's chicken. It's always my favorite. Number one, okay. number one. Home of the hoagie. Mm. Bomb. Which location? And I am all. Uh, home of the hoagie? 111. Yeah. 111. Okay. All right. Turkey. Mm-hmm. Turkey hoagie. Mm. My Delish. favorite. Mouth, fries with mouth sauce Oof. all day long. That yes. is my fave. Um. And a pizza, of course. I still love, I love Giordano's pizza. It will always have a special place in my heart. And I love Summertime Shy. I was going to, yes. I was going to ask what's your favorite season. Summertime (laughs) Shy is my favorite. We kick it during the summer. I joke with people that I have a love-hate relationship with Chicago because our winners brutal it is cold and they are brutal and every winter i'm like why am i here but then summer (laughs) comes and we go so hard during summertime shot that i'm like "Ah, this is (laughs) why i love this city so i know that's it i'm here i left i left for 11 years remember and when i lived in memphis and i came back and i'm here you did Mm -hmm. do you think you're here for the duration or do you think you might move somewhere down the line somewhere warm You know, I would love to live somewhere warm, but I'm not sure. So right now we're here, but I'm open at this point to, you know, if if an opportunity comes along, then we can we can go. Yeah, you too. Yeah, same. I'm ready to go. I want to live in California. Really? What part? You know, I don't know. I want to go check. I want to check out San Diego. I mean, there's so many Mm. different areas. Right. So I'm not 100 percent sure. I just know I love you know, the idea of being near the ocean and just doing different oh. outside activities and yeah, winters, you know? Yeah. And being able to be out all year round because being in the house in the winter sucks. It's, it does. Yeah, I'm it with does. you. Well, we digress, <laughs> but I do want to ask that. <laughs> tell tell um, the listeners how they can follow you. If they want to reach you, how can they follow you? 
Yes. So you can reach me on Instagram or Facebook at Masterpiece Financial Coaching. Um, again, I do share financial content. So if you are interested, please go ahead and follow me there. You can also schedule a free 20 minute coaching call with me. Um, please reach out again through my Facebook or Instagram, or you can email me directly at masterpiecefinancialcoach at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Steph. I so appreciate you taking the time, sharing with our listeners. I hope you guys were taking notes and feel free to share this episode with all of your friends and family. She's sharing a lot of great tidbits that could you know, really help everyone. So thanks so much for listening again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Feel free to follow Faith Over Everything podcast on the following social media platforms. Faith Over Everything underscore podcast on Instagram. Faith Over Everything podcast on Facebook. And email is Faith Over Everything podcast one at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, rate, and post. We appreciate the support.